Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. If you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, exercise, medications, and surgery. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and and consult consult your doctors. Have you heard of ProCare or just have you been living under a rock? ProCare is the very first bariatric multivitamin to develop a one a day vitamin. That's right. You heard it correctly. One One a day. day. And they also have delicious dark chocolate calciums that are available during the winter months. That's right. So go to ProCareNow.com, get your calcium chews, get your multivitamin and use OSLP for a discount. Who else feels like portion control is the number one hurdle in a weight loss journey? I know I do, (laughs) but that is why we go to Portion Perfection to get all of our needs met because they have cups, they have bowls, and they even have recipes for us. It's so nice. They also have the kit and carry, which is perfect for on-the-go portion control. So click the link below and get yours today. Are you located in the Florida area? Well, we have the perfect office for you. Dr. Fridley and his wife, Macy, have created the perfect, welcoming, and safe place for your bariatric journey. That's right. So click on the link below to start your weight loss journey now. And don't forget to tell them that the OSLP's girls sent you. Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Our Sleeve Life Podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Mel. And we are about a month away from the biggest celebration of the year, which is the right. Just Be You Bariatric Award Show. Yes. Um, it is based in uh, D.C. this year. Mm-hmm. It is going to be now... We change it up every year. Last year was Portland. This year's D.C. Next year, who knows where we're going to go. We may have an idea, but we're not telling. Yeah, you might have to join the live stream or be in person to find out what area we're going to be doing the next JBY for 2024. Exactly. So if you don't know what Just Be You is... What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, living under a rock. Be living under a rock. But basically what it is, it's a People's Choice Award for the bariatric community. So yes. that way you guys got to nominate each other in April. You guys just got done with voting on each other. Just done. We don't even know the results yet. Yes. So this is crazy. Um, and now you guys, it's open for ticket sales. So it is September 30th, Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. at the Howard Theater. Go over to jbyawards.com. Get your ticket right now. If you cannot join us in person, we get it. It's expensive to travel, do all the things. Yes. That's why we have live stream. And it is free. Comes with a digital swag bag, but you have to register for everything, which is all on the website. Yes. So go, go, go to jbyawards.com. Yes. And if you are coming out for the show, yay, we can't wait to meet you. Make sure you come up, say hi to us. Um, Everybody is very warm, welcoming. Um, You will have no problem finding your bariatric friends during this event. No, you won't. Um, But there is lots going on this weekend. Yeah. So, or that weekend. When does it start? It starts on the 28th of September. We are starting it with a free, that's right, I said free, live podcast by yours truly. Mm -hmm. Um, At the Eaton House. At the Eaton House, which is the hotel that we are, uh, we have our room block through. So that is free. You must uh, register for that. Yes, it is free, but you must be on the list so we know how much food to buy. Yeah. So... Also, while you're on jbyawards.com, you want to scroll through until you get to add-ons. Now, add-ons is the live podcast. We have wellness mornings both on Friday and Saturday morning. Thank you, Find a Bariatric Therapist.com for sponsoring those. Uh, We have a yoga session, a sound bath. We have uh, workout meetups, 
and uh, both on Friday morning and Saturday morning. So make sure you sign up for those so that you can be a part of the entire weekend. That's right. Now on Sunday morning after the show, something special happens. Yes, yes. we are gonna. We every year we sh- we throw a big benchy brunch. Now, yes. if you don't know what a benchy is, again, living under a rock. But that is our group of people that are in our support group on Facebook. It is ran through our Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash OSLP, become a Benchy, and you get to attend that for free. Again, free. And where is it at, though? It is on the rooftop of the Eaton. And it is a fantastic location. We are so excited. We get the entire rooftop to ourselves. They are making us brunch. We get to just mingle, have a good time. Take photos. Take photos and just say goodbye after a fabulous weekend. Yes. Um, so make sure that while you're on JBY Awards, don't just sign up for the uh, swag bag. Don't just sign up for the live stream notification. Make sure that if you are in person, you are checking out those add-on events. That's right. Because so, there's so much fun coming. Exactly. Yeah. And we also want to take a second and pause and thank our amazing sponsors because without them, this would not be possible. No. So top sponsor always last year, this year, ProCare. We love them so Mm -hmm. much. Uh, They're a fabulous vitamin company that uh, came out with the very first one-a-day bariatric multivitamin. Right. So go over and check them out. And our second one is SABP, which is Surgical Associates of Bayonet Point, which is Dr. Fredley in Florida. Um, He is a lovely man. He really wants to take care of this community. Mm -hmm. He can see the need, and that's why he's sponsored. And he even sponsoring a nominee to come to the show. How cool is that? Big deal. Big Big deal deal. there. Yeah. Uh, Next up, you guys know her. You love her. It's Jamie, the sleeve dietitian. She runs the Tribe membership program. She is an amazing woman that cares so much about this community. Um, And not to mention, she just came out with her book. I was going to say, she even has a book. pre-order it right now. (laughs) So go over and pre-order it. It is in our link in bio. We will also have the details listed below. So go pre-order. Make sure that you are doing reviews on Amazon. Make sure you are doing all the things to help support her because she puts so much of herself into supporting us. Yes, she did. And so does Eric Smith with the Kentucky Institute Center. Did I say that right? Barry... Kentucky. 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 We're going to go with Kentucky. Kentucky. (laughs) But for those that don't know who Eric Smith is, he's also, he's a surgeon. He does um, the TLC, Thousand Pound Sisters surgeries. He's very well known and he really cares about this community. He's been a part of it. You did say it right. Bariatric Institute. Yeah. Yeah. I had to check that really quick. Yeah, because like. He's been in this community for over 20 years. He's literally done every surgery. So he's done it where it's been open. He's done like liposcopic and now he does robotics. Yes. So he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. He just wants to make sure we're all healthy. Correct. So I want to say a big thank you for him to really sponsor us and help us out. And next up is, you guys know them, Dive Bar Nutrition. They are the perfect combination of protein and caffeine to get you through your day. Yeah. I Uh, take it during that three o'clock slump. Yeah. And they are delicious. Absolutely delicious. So we want to thank them, of course, because 
they get us through our day. They do. And they're going to do something fun during intermission. So, so make sure that you're there. Make sure you're watching or, watching or in person for that one. Yes. Yes. And we also have Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. She's been on the show like three or four times. She's a bariatric therapist. We just freaking love her. And she designed a Find a Bariatric Therapist website. Mm-hmm. And that's who's sponsoring because we all know that the hidden key to everything is therapy. We all know it's water, protein, sleep, exercise, but that one is therapy. So now you can just go to her website, type in your zip code, and you can find someone near you. And if you know any bariatric therapists that aren't on that list that are near you, just notify her and she will add them. Yes. Yes. Uh, Next up is uh, Body Map, which that is the coolest thing we've ever found. I know. So get rid of those old school tape measures that you use to measure your body after surgery. Okay. Just throw them in the trash. Body Map is an app that you set up. It scans your body. What? Scans your body. And then it transitions it into what your measurements are. So you can scan your body the whole journey and see exactly how much you've changed. So if that scale is telling you that you're in a stall, you may not be. So pull out your body map app and then you get to see exactly what your measurements are. Yes. And it makes little emojis. We know how we've been in stalls before. They suck. It's a mental game. But if I had body map to tell me like, oh, but you've lost like two inches around Mm -hmm. your waist and like some around your arms, I would be like, oh, okay. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I made a difference. I, I made, made a difference. some sort of like uphill exactly. you know, strategy for this. Exactly. But. So, and then lastly, but not leastly, fusion. We fusion. love fusion. We met, we've met them at ASMBS last year, this year. They're great freaking people and they will be at the show. They will so be. So super excited about that. Um, they have calcium chews that are very well, like they're so good tasting wise. Yes. So make sure that you go check them out. And then we do want to give a special shout out to the ASMBS Trio Foundation and also WLSFA for giving us their uh, stamp of approval Mm -hmm. that we are a legitimate uh, bariatric event. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. All right. So now you guys need to, we already talked about our Patreon. So last thing, but not least, you need to go over to YouTube. Yeah. Cause it's a free way to support us. Yes. Literally it's on your phone. It's already preloaded. Click on it, type in our sleep life podcast, hit subscribe and the bell, and you'll get notified about these videos every single Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You get a new one and you would know that we've had a very patient (laughs) guest with us this whole time. And Uh he has been with us for a while. I'm so excited for us to introduce him. Yes. His name is Simon Monkhouse, thank you for joining us on our show all the way from Italy. Yeah, Italy today. Yeah, I don't live in Italy. I'm just in Italy. Well, <laughs> yes, I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, where are you based out? I think I, I think I'd like I'd like to live in Italy. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. So, I am based uh, in the UK, uh, just outside London. I won't give you the specific place because. Uh, you probably won't know, but just outside London. Okay. Uh, and I'm a bariatric surgeon. And I know, being a bariatric surgeon, that surgery is probably the least important part of the whole journey. Oh, yeah. Oh. My my uh, my whole team's ethos is that it's all about the journey. It's all about getting to the root causes of problems. What I can do is I can help adjust the science that's gone wrong in your body, the physiology that's gone wrong in your body, but it's everything else that's going to keep it there. 
Oh, wow. I like that. Okay. Okay. Can you give us an example of how you do that? How does that work? Yeah. So, so when bariatric surgery first started, people thought you just needed to restrict how much you eat. Right. Uh, and that science is now old fashioned and is wrong. So bariatric surgery does not work by restricting how much you eat primarily. Now, okay. it's, a, it's a side effect of the surgery that you eat less, but actually the way it works is through hormonal change of your gut, your metabolism. Um, your, every time you eat, your guts, your stomach, your bowels send signals to the brain. They mm. are hormones that go to the brain. And that controls how hungry you are, that controls what type of food you're interested in. It controls everything yeah. about how the fat's going to be stored. It's going to be controlling everything. And surgery adjusts the hormone conversation to your brain. Okay. And that's the key. And that is why just restricting how much you can eat doesn't work. You ah. have to change the hormonal crosstalk between your guts and your brain and that's why medication is now a really key topic because medication is able to target the hormones yes oh so that's the biggest difference yeah well okay. and i'm actually on a glp1 medication so i yeah. can i can attest to that it is a complete difference between before surgery after having surgery and being on a glp1 and the changes mentally and the changes physically that happen when you take a medication like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the hormones influence your brain and it's your brain that is controlling your whole system. So what GLP one medications do is they suppress the medication. Uh, sorry, they suppress the hormone. Okay. Uh, and, and therefore your body is not having that signal to eat. That's that drive to eat. So it's suppressing your, your hunger. The downside of the medication, which you must be aware of, is it only works when you're on it. Yep. Yes. Because when you come off it, the suppression is lifted mm -hmm. and then you go back to normal. Yep. And even with surgery, you will notice that year three, year four down the line, people start the regain process, mm -hmm. usually not to the same extent as before, but some regain and that's because the hormones are reshifting and re coming back again oh. um so you know we talk about ghrelin yes you know with a sleeve mm -hmm. that that those levels drop in the first year substantially and everybody notices the benefit of that but they rise again after 12 months yes. so the the sort of drive to eat and the hunger starts coming up and that's where you've got to put in the behavioral control mm. that you've learned okay. up to that point. Yeah, I would agree. we've heard from people that there are some people after surgery that um, still have those hunger feelings, even though it's supposed to be dropped. Is that accurate? Like some people are just different? Yes, because the, the control of hunger is not a single factor. Ah. So we talk about the ghrelin levels dropping, mm -hmm. but there are 35 other gut hormones, probably even more uh, oh. as they become discovered. And also hunger is not necessarily uh, a signal from your gut saying you need food. It can be an emotional signal from your brain saying you need comfort. Mm. 
Yes. Uh, yes. So, so you have to separate emotional hunger from actual hunger. Uh, uh, and, and don't forget that all of this is derived from our evolutionary need to survive. So, you know, back tens of thousands of years when we were on the plane looking for food, we would either be food or search for food. Yeah. So the drives, the drives to um, eat and survive are ingrained in our genetics and in our physiology. And it's the same um, physiology and genetics that was way back there. It hasn't changed. But what's happened is our environment has changed. Yeah, drastically. Mm -hmm. So when you are in a period of feast or famine, your body can choose to store fat or use fat. But in the society we live in now, it's it's feast or feast, the food all the time. Yeah, there's food we everywhere. We never have that. We never have that period. So our, our physiology is constantly, you know, trying to store food in case we get starving, mm -hmm. but we never get starving. No. So you constantly get this thing. And it's it's fascinating. The science behind this is fascinating. And you cannot think of your surgery as chopping out the stomach just makes you eat less it's not that's not how it works I well like and that. we kind of could tell that just from all the doctors saying like hey from before surgery of just you know just eat right and exercise yeah. and it's like that's we've been trying yeah <laughs> it's literally it's yeah. our physiology that's like holding yeah, us like, back oh, we never thought to just eat less right? and work out yeah. oh okay <laughs> it's, it's that simple but obviously yeah. from the uh hormones for the brain, the ghrelin, the the gut hormones, like all of that plays a part, which is why obesity is a disease. It's not a symptom. It's not a consequence for just eating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And and it's a chronic disease. And by chronic I mean long term disease. So you can never talk about it or you should never talk about it as being cured. So okay. surgery doesn't fix your obesity. Mm -hmm. Surgery puts your obesity into remission. Oh, okay. So, so it's potentially always there in the background, which is why you have to keep working at your relationship with food. Because if you go back when your hormones were driving you to eat lots of sugary things, mm -hmm. if you go back to that, you know, you will reset things and you will, will you know, put the weight back on again. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yep. Yep. So when I had surgery, I restricted very, very heavily. Um, I was only eating protein, very few veggies. Like I was very like no sugar, no carbs. <clears throat> and then when I went through my divorce, in order to comfort myself and battle that emotional part of it, I started eating sugar again. And that's where my regain started. Yep. So that makes complete sense on why it, what my body just like, it felt like it regained overnight. I know it didn't happen no, it like didn't. that, but it felt like my body was just like, oh, sugar again. Yep. We're going to hold on to it. So that and, makes a lot of sense. And and the other thing is that not all calories are equal. So a calorie of sugar is different to a calorie of protein. Um, so if you think about you eating protein, it's quite hard to digest. Think about a piece of meat. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to chew it. It has to be broken down into lots of different pieces. It takes ages for it to 
fully digest. Yep. It gets all the way to the lower end of your gut before that happens. And that makes you feel full. And you've expended a lot of energy in breaking that down. Yeah. So so the so the energy that you take out of that food is a lot less than the energy that was put in. Whereas sugar is very quickly absorbed. Mm-hmm. And it's absorbed right at the top. Almost as soon as it hits the stomach, it's absorbed into the bloodstream. And so you get all the impact of that and your body hasn't spent much energy getting rid of it. Ah. So a a calorie of protein, you're probably going to get 7.7 calories out of it in your daily count, if you like. Whereas a calorie of sugar, you'll probably get a calorie of sugar. So eating protein and fiber your body needs a lot of energy to work on that and it uses the energy from the food so you don't deposit as much. I did not know that. So I did not know that your... either. Oh, I like this. You, okay. You need to, you need to make your body work for your food. If your body's not having to work for your food, you're going to put it on. So make That's your food like work for you. Yeah, I like it. Make 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 you work for your food. Yeah. Yes. Make your body work for its food. Yeah. Because it is all about like, you know, calories out, calories in, but no one ever really talks about like the differences in calories. Because as like diet culture goes along, I've always heard a calories, a calories, a calories. So why it doesn't matter where it comes from. But no, it does. <laughs> it well, really and does. I think it also goes along with uh, a pound of weight or a pound of fat is different than a pound of muscle. When which it is because density-wise and health-wise, it's different. But you always thought like a pound is a pound. Right. But again, that's a misconception from years of diet culture that a pound is a pound. That's not accurate. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so. And you know us- the other fun, fun oh. fact I learned the other day? What? So, so um, everybody stores their fat differently. So um, you are born with a number of fat cells. You don't change your number of fat cells. So when you store fat, you are basically filling up your fat cells like a balloon. Each each cell is a balloon, right? And when that balloon is full, that's when you start spilling your fat into being stored elsewhere, like stored in your liver, stored in your kidneys, stored in your blood vessels. And everybody has a different capacity in their fat cells. So you have a safe level of fat. So you can be overweight, you can be in the obese category and fully healthy if all your fat is stored in your fat cells. Huh. But if your if your fat is not stored in your fat cells, that's when you get disease like diabetes, blood pressure, etc. And there are genetic differences so people from southeast asia um get diabetes much much lower weight than the american or the uk population and that's because they have less capacity in their fat cells wow i did not know that yeah so you so you you can genetically store fat completely safely and that is different for everyone that's your level of safe fat when you spill outside that, that's when you start getting disease. So it okay. is not, it is not right to say that it is unhealthy to be fat. 
or to be overweight. Well, and I remember when... Oh, sorry. But it is not, it is equally not right to say you can be as large as you like and not worry about your health. Are you feeling a little sluggish? A little lack of protein? A little lack of caffeine? Well, we got the fix for that. That's right. Dive Bar Nutrition has the best protein bars. They have caffeine, protein, and they taste delicious. So head on over to divebarnutrition.com and use code OSLP at checkout. I know I didn't have enough support during my weight loss journey. She didn't. And when we found the tribe, we were over the moon because not only do they offer you at least one support group a day, but they give you the tools and the knowledge to really succeed on your journey. That's right. So go over to the sleedietitian.com and find the subscribe button for the tribe and use OSLP to get your discount. What is Sequence? Well, Sequence is an at-home weight loss program. All you have to do is take the quiz, meet your clinician, get your prescription, and you're already on the way to a healthier you. I know when I felt hopeless with my regain, I joined right away. And I saw great results with Kel, so guess what? I joined. So go over to joinsequence.com right now, use OSLP, and you're going to get a discount. Well, cause even when I went in to get my surgery, I had, I had zero comorbidities. Like, um, I just was very nervous for my future because I know in my, my family health that they, a all got diabetes. Basically they all died from cancer. There's high cholesterol and I was and some of them have sleep apnea. So I was like, I, I don't want this. Like I'm 28 right now, 27 at the time. And I'm like, I can't do this to myself. I can see my future. I can see what it can look like. I'm already 300 plus pounds. And when Dr. Patterson did all my labs, she's like, you're very like healthy on the inside. She's like, I'm actually very proud that you came in and got this and wanting to get this done now because we're going to be able to prevent yeah. a lot of these things that you're worried about for your future. Amazing. And you, you were in your safe fat storage zone. But yeah. if it had continued, you would be in your unsafe zone. And that you are exactly the type of patient that I think should have surgery because it is the least risk for the most benefit. Oh, very nice. If you are, if you are um, somebody who has breathing problems, um, liver problems, diabetes, high blood pressure, your risk from surgery and anesthetic is much higher. Right. Therefore, your risk-benefit ratio is slightly lower. It is much safer to operate on people to be preventative rather than treating. Ah, I like it. Okay. So tell us a little bit about you. Like, How did you get into being a bariatric surgeon? Yeah. How, was that like your first specialty or were you a surgeon or a jack-of-all-trades before this? So I um, wanted to be a doctor uh, from whenever I can remember. Uh, my family is not medical, but it's, yes, for some reason it's what I wanted to do. And it, actually it was an American TV program that was on when I was 12 called ER. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With George Clooney. And uh, we, we got those <laughs> series into that. And, and that just inspired me. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I wanted to be like an ER doctor. Um, and then I went to medical school, did pretty well. Uh, went through my training and when I got to the point in my training about what speciality am I going to do um, just by chance my first job was with a, a female bariatric surgeon uh, and it was totally totally inspiring spending time with her watching her work and <clears throat> her understanding of the patient and the problems with the patient so 
for the first time in my surgical life, it was not just about the the problem in front of you, like gallstones. We need to get out the gallstones. Right. It was a much more complex problem. And she had a really deep understanding of that in terms of the psychology and everything. She introduced me to the sort of multidisciplinary world of it. And seeing patients get better and better and better as time goes on is very gratifying. So I um, I just loved it. And, and, you know, that's the moment I decided I wanted to do bariatric surgery. And, uh, you know, uh, seven years later, I started independently. Oh, wow. Wow. So how long have you been independent? Uh, so 2014, uh, I started as a consultant surgeon. So I'm coming up for my 10th year now. Wow. wow. Exciting. Congratulations. It sounds like you are a very knowledgeable man. Yes. <laughs> and you're teaching us all sorts of things. And we're just in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know we just started. <laughs> yeah. I have so many notes already. <laughs> I love it. So I, that, I'm... that's what I, that's what I try and do with my Instagram page. That there's so many patients mm-hmm. out there who don't know what, why they've had surgery and don't know how their surgery works. And therefore, mm-hmm don't know how to get the best out of their surgery. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to educate as many people as I can because there's too many people that think it's about not eating enough or not eating much. And mm-hmm. that's the reason it's all work. There's so many people say, oh, my surgery's not working. And then you drill down into it. And of course it's not working because they, they're still binging on sugar. They they haven't dealt with their childhood trauma, mm-hmm. you know, all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they need they need help. And education. That's where you are good. And that's where, you know, hopefully I can help too. Exactly. I mean, we started this so we could support and educate and break through that stigma that weight loss surgery is the easy way out. And if you are listening to this, this podcast, this is like everything you've described. That's the furthest thing from the easy way out. Like seriously, there's so many little details that you have to take into account when you have this surgery. Um, so how do you handle therapy with your patients to work through those traumas? Uh, so, so in my practice, you, you just can't have surgery until you've acknowledged what the issues might be. Mm. So our therapist, um, doesn't necessarily do therapy, mm-hmm. but she signposts to what the problem will be and the type of help that they might need because ther- therapy never works in a single session. No. no. Therapy is a long-term project. Correct. Um, but it's very, very important. That's why every patient goes through her um, and her processes. And then we have a meeting about suitability for surgery. Um, and with, there are certain things that are complete red flags and that patient should not have surgery. And that's very difficult because they get to the point of coming to see us because they're, they're at the end of their tether and they want to have surgery. It's the only thing that's going to help them in their mind. Right. Uh, and we say no. Uh, what and, are, what and telling are some... somebody no. Yeah. That's difficult. That would be so hard because you know where they've kind of been. Exactly. What are some of those red flags that you're talking about? Um. I think one of the, there's lots, there's lots. One of the big ones is um, uh, binge eating. Mm, okay. Uh, and and binge eating by its proper psychiatric definition. Uh, because everybody who has bariatric surgery will have had some binge eating. You know, that's part of 
what's happened. Yeah. Um, but binge eating disorder, binge eating disorder by definition is a a intake of food to the point of uh, pain or the point of vomiting um, on a sort of repeated basis. Okay. Um, and that that be- that behavior can be very dangerous in the early post-operative phase. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, that so, so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Very you, dangerous. You, you, you can cause a leak. You can cause yourself mm-hmm. harm. You could die. You know, that's the, that's the reality of it. So we say you have to be free of that pattern of behavior for 12 months prior to surgery. Okay. Now, mo- most people don't have that. They, you know, they may have done it once, six months ago but they're not repeatedly but you occasionally get people who do that on a sort of daily basis Mm -hmm. or do it on a two or three daily basis Mm -hmm. and that's part of their psychological stress and psychological coping mechanism Um, and these people must not have surgery until they've had help Mm -hmm. you can say to them absolutely we will help you in time but you have to address this first okay i like Um, that you're just not saying no like you're Never, giving them no. up a path to go down. Yeah. Like I like and, the and fact that there's openings. It's just like, hey, just not right now. Yeah. yeah. Just not right now. Yeah. And the other big red flag is addiction. So, mm. um, you know, particularly alcohol addiction. Okay. Um, or very high alcohol intake because, I mean, you've heard of addiction transference. Yes. So, um, people uh, who have surgery may have an addiction to sugar or addiction to food or addiction to eating. And post-surgery, you just can't get that high anymore from eating sugar or food because mm-hmm. things are different. It, things taste different. Um, so often they're looking for that dopamine surge, that high, um, and get it elsewhere. And so, you know, you can convert somebody who has an eating uh, issue or a food addiction to alcohol addiction post-op sex addiction, um, gambling addiction, all of these very dangerous addictions can emerge post-op. So again, you have to be very careful. They can and do. Um, We see it throughout Mm. the community all the time. And we're trying to talk about it more because we're seeing it more. Mm -hmm. Um, We're recognizing, I think it's because like the more that we talk to doctors and therapists, we're starting, we're starting to see it Mm -hmm. and we're realizing what the kind of triggers are, the signs Mm -hmm. are. And and it is very scary because, you know, like that alcohol goes through you very differently. It does. Um, you're drunk really quickly. And so that like, keeps you wanting more. And then all of a sudden you can just become an alcoholic and don't even realize it yeah. for a while. Um, friends and family have to point it out. And it's sad because you had no idea that this was going to be a problem. So maybe you didn't even talk to anybody about yeah. it. But it's very scary because you can really hurt yourself. I know when I went through surgery, I had no idea about transfer, transfer addiction. addiction. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea. And luckily mine went towards shopping. Well, that was already a problem. <laughs> that it wasn't alcohol, but not luckily for my bank account yes. because my bank account took a hit with that one. But um, I did not know that was a thing. And it is a mm. your addiction can transfer to shopping to sex, to alcohol, drugs, any of those things, because you're just trying to fill that void. And I think that also brings up the fact of why therapy, dealing with these issues before you have surgery is so important. Yes. We couldn't agree more. Yeah. And that also leads into the, um, the impact on those around you. So relationships are affected. Mm. Um, Your partner may not be able to cope with the new you or the, you know, the changes in you. So 
you know, it's it's not a if you're in a relationship, if you're in a, a close family, it has to be a, a supported decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go go rogue alone, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have to have support. So if someone went to your office, how would the process look? And what is the and I want them to know the name of your office as well. Um, so I, I um, work at a, a hospital called Spire Gatwick Park, um, which is just outside London. Um, so what would happen is a patient would find me, um, usually through social media channels, you know, um, because they've seen my Instagram. Mm-hmm. What, what I hear very often is I've been stalking you for years <laughs> on Instagram. So they're, they're sort of building up the confidence to mm-hmm. make that call. Um, and so that's the first step is you have a free consultation with me. Um, and because I see patients from all over the country, um, we usually do it via Zoom, that first initial consultation. Okay. Um, it is very important, in my view, for it to be free and of no charge. Because when you put money on it, um, it becomes an obligation. So if you spend, you know, the equivalent of £200, whatever that is in dollars, um, to see a surgeon you don't know number one whether you're going to be accepted yeah and you don't know whether you're going to want to go ahead so you are gambling with that that money so i like that first consultation to be completely obligation free you know if i never see you again then that's your choice and, and and good luck with everything um so that first consultation we talk about their medical history their reasons for surgery everything about them and, and i i always finish by saying is there anything from a surgical medical or mental health perspective that we've missed mm-hmm. so it just sort of gives them the opportunity to think have i told everything that i should tell um because that's that's not the the be all and end all because you're going to have subsequent consultations mm-hmm. but it's a really good sieve for me to work out if somebody's appropriate for surgery or not mm-hmm. um and then if they decide that actually they want to go ahead with surgery, then they'll see my team and we'll have a dietitian consultation okay. who will, you know, assess what's currently going on with their diet and then signpost to what life will be like afterwards. And then the all important psychology appointment. Yes. Um, and then we have an education appointment and then we have a, a meeting where everybody gets together and says, you know, does everybody agree this patient's suitable? And then you get your date for surgery. So it's a awesome. uh, sort of five-step five step process. I like that you have uh, basically, a, essentially a medical panel about the person. Yeah. It's not just you making the decision or your dietitian making the the decision. It's all of you together and it's all the different pieces yeah. that you have to put together. It's like a puzzle. Yep. And, I, and I've learned... Um, over the 10 years of working with the same team that I trust them implicitly. Mm-hmm. So if the dietitian says, I got a bad feeling about this, I'm not sure this patient's ready, we mm-hmm. put a stall out. We don't even question it. You nice. know, if, if they're getting if they're getting that gut feeling, it's for a reason. Um, so it's very, very rare for us to have that. Usually we get unanimous support, but you know, the, there's the occasional patient that you just think we have to put a pause on this. Okay. Um, uh, and and then you know some people may be disappointed that they are, they are not suitable for surgery, but we have alternatives to surgery. So we have 
gastric balloons and we have um, medication and we have therapy. So there are alternatives if you don't think about surgery or you're not suitable for surgery. Can you tell us about the gastric balloon? Yes. I don't think we've ever had anybody really talk about it. So I'd like to know like what that entails. And why would you choose that over a different surgery? Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing topic. I don't, I'm not sure it's big in America, but it's big everywhere else in the world. Okay. Uh, like, like really big. Um, so there's a new type of gastric balloon that came in about uh, eight years ago. Um, called the Allurian balloon. Okay. And this is basically transformed balloons. So oh. b- before that, balloons were a surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. So you had to be put to sleep. You had to have an endoscopy okay. to put it in. And you had to be put to sleep and the, an endoscopy to take it out. So it was a procedure before and after. And a balloon is basically you know, a ball of fluid that sits in your stomach uh, for that period of time. Um, and that was, you know, uh, lots of issues with that, you know, yeah. patient intolerance, vomiting, okay. um, discomfort, risks around the anesthetic, risks around the, um, uh, the endoscopy. Uh, and then in 2016, the Allurian balloon came in, which completely transformed balloon therapy. Um, it doesn't need anesthetic and it doesn't need endoscopy. And wow. it is much better tolerated. And it's basically a pill, which is the size of the tip of my finger. So literally that first bit there is the size of the balloon. And you put it in your mouth yourself and you swallow it down uh, and it's got a little wire attached to it. And then we take an x-ray to make sure it's in the stomach uh, with this tube hanging out. Um, And when it's confirmed, we then put some fluid down the tube, fill up the balloon, and pull the tube out. And then you are left with a grapefruit-sized ball of fluid in your stomach. Whoa. And the tech, the technology now is that that balloon will self-deflate at four months. So you don't have to um, have it removed. So when it self-deflates, where does it... You just poop it out. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, yes, yes you are. 1,000%. Okay, I have more questions about this balloon. Uh-huh. So, Because um, I know people are, like, freaking out a little bit when they hear that. So, But it's it's not, like, can you talk about the texture of this balloon? Because I think people think it's, like, your regular balloon that you would just throw, like, a water balloon at. So can we kind of talk more about, like, how does this all work so people feel safe about it? So, so this is this is very safe. So it's it's basically a very thin uh, material called polyurethane, which is I guess like a plastic, okay, uh, yeah. but it's a soft plastic. So, so it's not silicon, which previous balloons were, um, and it's full of water. And when that water is released at four months, uh, you just have some rolled up plastic that then passes out naturally in your motions. Um, so the way it works is there is a stitch within the balloon that is holding it together and it's inside the balloon. So that stitch is exposed to water at body temperature for four months. It doesn't matter what the patient's eating, doesn't matter what's in the stomach because it's inside the balloon. Okay. And that stitch is engineered 
to dissolve four months. Exactly. 16 weeks on the nose, it will dissolve. And then basically the balloon falls apart Mm -hmm. and the water is released into the stomach, which is no different to just drinking water. Mm -hmm. And then you pass the casing. Okay. So when you, when you eat, how does, how does that work? So like, is it hitting the balloon and then it goes around the balloon into your stomach? Like how does. Yeah, kind of. So the balloon is shaped to the same shape as your stomach. So it's an elliptical shape. It's like that. Okay. Um, it, it kind of looks like a grapefruit. Uh, you know how a grapefruit is not completely circular. Mm -hmm. It's like squashed a bit. It looks like that. Um, and it occupies 70% of your stomach. So instead of you filling 100% with food, you're going to feel full after 30%. Okay. And the food the food that you're eating and the food that you have in your stomach stays in your stomach for longer. So you feel fuller for longer. Wow. So that basically gives you four months where you are less hungry, and you are eating less. And during that four months, we work with the dietitian. We try and get you a lifestyle program, a, a nutritional program that is going to be sustainable when the balloon goes. Okay. How okay. how much it like? What is the percentage of um, success on having a balloon versus a surgery? So with a balloon, you can expect on average to lose 10 to 15% of your total body weight. Wow. Okay. Now with surgery, you're going to lose a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are two completely different opposite ends of the spectrum options. Okay. You know, if you don't want to have surgery or you can't have surgery, then this is an option. And we can also put it in at a lot less starting BMI than surgery. So surgery, we start at BMI 35. Mm -hmm. The balloon starts at BMI 27. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. And um, I guess like, so that's why you would choose one or the other is if you basically just had like a lower BMI. Uh, Yes. So, so for some people you can't have surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, for, for the patients who are, you know, BMI 50 plus, um, this balloon is not going to meet their requirements. You know, you're not going to lose the weight you need to lose. It's not going to change what you need to do. But the, for the lower BMI patients, it can, be, it can be transformative to the point that somebody won't need to have surgery because it's the kickstart to a change in lifestyle and a change in the behavioral side of things Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change your physiology like we started talking right at the front Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. um it doesn't do anything to your long-term physiology so if you are bmi 35 and above you are likely to lose weight with a balloon but it's likely to go back on again just like you've experienced with your diets in the past Okay. okay okay um but what is really good about it is it's four months and you can time it to four months. So for people who are, uh, you know, a few pounds overweight, more than that, you know, uh, you don't work in stones, do you over there? No. Um, anyway, a few kilograms overweight, um, and you have an event 
like you're getting married or you're graduating, you can time the weight loss. Oh, wow. That's a good little trick there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, before the award so, show. Just, <laughs> just point it out. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. But if, you, if, you've had, if you've had weight loss surgery, you can't have a balloon because it has to go into an untouched stomach. Oh, that was going to be my next question because okay. I was going to say, like, we both obviously have had sleeve surgery. Mm-hmm. So is this something that we could technically do later in life? Because I'm eight years out. She's four years out. Like, how does that work? So you can't have that um, yeah. f- for sure uh, with a balloon. But, you know, weight regain after a sleeve can be problematic. Mm. Um, and it is it is now expected so we when we consent patients for surgery Mm -hmm. we say that we are expecting you to regain now we wouldn't expect you to regain all of your weight Mm -hmm. but you are going to regain quite a lot of it not maybe not quite a lot maybe 50 percent, because that's what the science and the studies show us Mm -hmm. um the bypass is more durable and less likely to result in weight regain Okay. okay but it comes with its own problems yes yes you know, and, and people choose sleeves very reasonably, and this is a worldwide most popular surgery, to avoid the problems of bypass. Correct, mm-hmm. yeah. Because people don't want to do that. So um, I think you have to expect some regain from a sleeve, and that's where you have to start thinking about alternative measures like the medication, mm-hmm. like um, working really hard on the psychology, and expect that you're your um, future is going to be ongoing work rather than I've had surgery and I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So as far as GLP-1 medications or weight loss surgery medication or weight loss medications, um, how does that work in the UK versus the US? Is it FDA cleared over there? Or I don't know what your guys' equivalent Um, to that. Well, you guys are laughing in the US because you've got two medications uh, authorized. Um, I think you've got the Saxenda mm-hmm. and you've got the Wigovi. Wigovi, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, in the UK, the Wigovi medication has not been authorized for weight loss. Ah. So it is a diabetic drug mm-hmm. uh, and it's only licensed for diabetes. Okay. Um, now, what's happened in the UK is that people have been doing prescriptions off license so they've been prescribing this medication for diabetes for people to lose weight and it's created a national shortage mm-hmm. of the medication yeah um and and there are now diabetic patients who cannot get their medication which is really sad yes um uh so in the uk they have not authorized that whereas in america it is completely licensed to have my understanding anyway is we go before weight loss because it is a very powerful weight loss. And that's, that's, that's wonderful. I think that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the UK patients are being denied that treatment, uh, just by keeping it to the, the diabetic field. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's hard, um, because it's like, we need this medications, medications as much as patients need it for diabetic or being diabetic. And it's frustrating because it's like, just make more of it. <laughs> we just need more yeah. of it all around. And we need people to understand that it's a, um, it's saving our lives too, by not going back 
not regaining all of our weight, getting back into having yeah. diabetes. It's it's a preventative measure on, yeah. you know, as far as a weight loss. And it, it's, the, it's the stigma that is the problem. So there are, there are doctors and government people who are making all the decisions who don't treat obesity as a disease. They see it as a, you know, it's a lifestyle problem. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's a metabolic disease. And if, if, if the people who made the decisions, you know, at government level understood the science, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have half the problems we did now. I know. I wish Thank we you. had more, like, I wish we could have medical professionals on those committees or boards yeah. because yeah. it, it baffles me that they're yeah. not taking those things into consideration considering like if we I see had more time, all the I'd time. Run for prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Simon Monkhouse for prime minister. I like I it. I can see it. I like it. You're very knowledgeable. Yeah. It is it is frustrating. And I understand where the diabetics are coming from because of course. Because I, I know people that are diabetic or born diabetic and when they don't have their insulin and they don't have their medicines, like shit can go wrong in their body. Yes. So I understand why they get upset with the, you know, the other people like us taking it, but it's just that we just need more manufacturing. It has nothing to do with who's Definitely. who. It's just the manufacturing yeah. And yeah. there's so and, many and, medic and medications out there that are prescribed for different reasons i am on a medication yeah. that is prescribed for and, and as you things. say the, the 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 kind of weight um reduction particularly post-surgery is an equally valid indication for this drug mm -hmm. so i i hope big pharma are listening and they they push out more oh. yes that's right we you are better too. be listening we are too <laughs> big pharma listen so that we can get our medications the other thing is is uh are these weight loss medications are they covered by insurance in the UK? Yeah, how does that work for you guys? No, so so in the UK, um, you either have um, surgery or medication on the National Health Service, okay, or you have it privately where you have to self-fund it. There is no insurance coverage wow. for weight loss surgery. Wow. So every, every patient in the UK who hasn't had surgery through the National Health System has probably self-funded it, uh, you know, completely because wow. the insurance companies see it as a lifestyle problem, not a health problem. Well, yeah, he's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they want money and, for um, all the diseases the, uh, that it causes. The NHS, you know, the wait can be up to three years. That's what I've heard. In like Canada, it can be up to five or something like that, right? Yeah, it's mm. wild. And we're, here and we're like, we're like three to. Three months to a year. Mm -hmm. That's kind of our. Yeah. But some of some of our weight in the NHS is um, artificial. So um, they make you do this twelve months of lifestyle program mm -hmm. where you have to demonstrate you can lose weight on your own mm -hmm. before you're considered. But the science says that you can lose weight, but you can't keep it off. Yeah, that's yes. what the science says. So we're just wasting a year of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, in time and this box that, yeah, that like, doesn't need to be ticked. It's so wild to me that they're just like, yeah, let's waste time, money, and everybody's like yeah. effort here. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you haven't thought about dieting. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course they have. You know, yeah. you don't get to the point that you need help without going through that process. Night. And you and you do pre prescribe these when you have the chance to do this? Or does your office not do that? Uh, so, so, so I've 
looked into it um, because I want it to be part of what we do because it's the new science, it's mm -hmm. validated, it's, it's our evolution of weight loss offering. So we must move with the times and we must offer the latest uh, scientifically endorsed medication. The problem is I can't start it because of the national shortage mm. because they said that um, very reasonably you can't start a pa patient on a four-month program if you can't guarantee the supply. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. I that. So, yeah. So I, I am waiting until Big Pharma steps up and there is no national shortage. Okay. Yeah. Man, I wonder when that's going to kick in. I don't know. I don't know. Although, although the last two times I've gotten my Monjaro, it's been no problem. So that's good. Yeah. I don't know if it's a problem in the US, but it's definitely a problem in the UK. Oh, it's been a huge problem here. There yeah. are people that are waiting months to get their prescription because there's just no, like you can't find it yep. anywhere. And I've, I've literally driven 45 minutes away from me just to get my medication because it's at this location and not this location. It's bizarre, but that's what we do to get our medication. That's right. So what is, let's see. What is like your number one tip for weight loss surgery patients to be successful on this journey? Um, uh, ab absolutely. The number one tip is don't think this surgery will work alone. So we have um, a problem in the UK in that um, there are, is very, very cheap surgery being offered abroad. So mm -hmm. in um, places like Turkey, for us um very very cheap surgery and the uk is going through a cost of living crisis and inflation and all the rest of it uh and people are just flocking to turkey okay flying on a plane having their cheap surgery and coming back um now that in itself brings some problems but the majority of people will be okay um so we're not saying that it's it's terrible surgery but uh the problem is that they are just having surgery. Mm. And these people who just have surgery will not do well mm. in the long term. Yeah. They will do well in the first six months because it's all new. They're all motivated. They've got their Instagram before and afters and they've got their little community that's, that's saying well done to them. Um, but when that dies down, you, you know, 12 months later, they're going to be in trouble. And, mm. and so the number one tip is acknowledge that surgery is only part of your journey. And if you want success, you have to do the whole journey. Ah, okay. And what would you consider is the whole journey for everybody? Like what are you, cause I know each doctor kind of has like the top pillars. So like, what would be for you? Um, so people measure success in weight, mm -hmm. you know, so they, they're weighing themselves and they're posting about how much weight they've lost. Mm -hmm. Actually, a lot of the success of surgery is down to things that are not related to the number. It's how you feel about yourself, that job promotion that you suddenly feel confident enough to go for, you know, that round the world trip on the plane that you were too scared to go mm -hmm. for, you know, playing with the kids in the park and running around. Yeah, yeah. These are measures of success. Mm -hmm. And we, we try and tell all of our patients Please don't weigh yourself. You know, we will weigh you when you come for a follow-up, and we recommend a three-monthly follow-up. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, and we will, you know, keep a track on that data because that data is important. But for you as a patient, that data is not important. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can, and if you can get out of the mindset that sort of blinkered thinking of I must lose this amount of weight, you will free yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's all about freeing yourself from the shackles of this because weighing yourself and success and failure on the scales mm-hmm. is what the last 25, 30 years has been about. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've you been know? tied to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and I want to see our patients have surgery and that's the line in the sand where those shackles are not put back on again. Mm-hmm. So we tell people to bin the scales. Don't have scales in your house. Wow. wow. I like that trick because yeah, you're, you're yeah. telling them, Hey, we'll weigh you. It's not a problem. You'll yeah. still figure out what the number is. Just do the process mm-hmm. and start doing things that you couldn't do before. Like Kel wouldn't go on any rides before. Mm-mm. Like nope. she wouldn't do any roller coaster rides, nope. no so theme scared. parks, nothing. Yeah. I was so scared. And it, it, I don't think it, I related it to weight. I think it was, I was so scared of something happening, but then once you, have surgery and you're having all these non-scale victories and you're doing all the work you're like what's i didn't have the surgery so i don't live yeah so now i'm just like screw it if i die on a roller coaster at least i'm having fun so that's kind of where my brain goes because i just we are here we are having the surgery we are doing weight loss medications we're doing the balloon whatever you choose to do so that you can live your life to the fullest it's if you break it down it's not about the weight it's about the life that you're living yes yes amen to that amen to that hallelujah <laughs> well, yeah, your whole community needs to know that yeah they really really do we definitely celebrate the non-scale victories a lot on the podcast and through our social media network because those are the times that are the best yeah like the fact that like i i was able to like help chop down a tree and I was able to build a deck and a fence and with my buddy and Kelly. And it was just so nice to be able to do it and still feel like a functioning person. Like I thought for sure, because I was overweight trying to do stuff like this. I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to be so sore. My back's going to hurt. My legs are going to cramp. And I was able to build a fence and have no soreness in the morning. Yeah. I was like, what? It's this is moving. incredible. So it's like you get to do things now that you never would have experienced before, whether that's being on an airplane, a roller coaster, or having fun with your friends and building things. Like yeah. I think that's like a bigger deal because now I know I like to be outside. I like to build shit. I like to do landscaping things. Like I had no idea. Yeah. No idea I like those things until no. you do them. Because you, I feel like your weight got in the way of it yep. because you were like, oh, it's going to hurt. My feet mm-hmm. are going to hurt. My back is going to be sore. So what's the point of doing it? I'll just stay inside. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? And you know, you know, a really cool thing that is about to come in. Um, and we've been talking a lot about it at this conference I'm at. Artificial intelligence. Okay. Okay. How does that relate? Well, one, tell people where you're at, like you know, the conference um, is, and what is that? The yeah. AI. <laughs> you know, um, I don't. Uh, you must have it in America, but OpenAI, ChatGPT. Have you heard yes, of that? Yes, we have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's artificial intelligence, and don't ask me how it works. I have no idea, but it's it it's it knows everything and can do everything, and it learns. So what they've developed for the balloon, so the Allurian balloon, 
they have trained an artificial intelligence program based on chat GBT um, to know everything about the balloon and nutrition and everything else. And they're giving it to the patient as an app. So basically this patient will have an app where they can ask artificial intelligence what to do. Um, I'm struggling. Uh, I need a meal plan. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing night shifts this week. Can you write me a meal plan based on, you know, what I normally, you know, what you know about me? Because you know I'm lactose intolerant and you know that I don't like bananas because you're artificial intelligence and you learned. Um, and this thing will just do it. Um, I've got some cramps today. Why am I having cramps in my tummy? It's been programmed to, you know, go through the process and, and um, basically guide this patient. And it's, it's in their pocket. It's a 24-7 support for weight loss balloon. Wow. Now, that is going to be very quickly transferred across to the surgical world. Yeah. Imagine that. You have, a, you have a patient and they just don't know what to do. They, you know, they've got some symptoms or I'm constipated you know mm -hmm. that's a big the one doctor will say well you know um your your own doctor can't help you because it's specialist so you need to talk to your bariatric team but you know they're all at a conference in italy and you can't get hold of your bariatric team mm -hmm. what do you do you ask artificial intelligence which is on your phone and it's been designed and learns this this thing is amazing you know artificial intelligence will learn and get to know you uh the more you use it yeah, it's very scary. Very scary. It's happening already, you know, in all sorts of um, realms of life. Um, but we've just seen it in action uh, in this sort of weight loss field. And it's incredible. It's going to help patients hugely. Wow. My goodness. That's so cool. that is wild. I mean, we've heard of it. We've never heard of it being used that way. Yes. That's that is brand new yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we we tested it last night. So we had um, the first ever version of it, and all the surgeons and dietitians and everything in the room um, were testing this thing. And like, like, ask it a question that you get asked a lot in clinic. So we asked it, and it came with a perfect answer. Yeah. So what did you was, ask it? I I said I can't feel my balloon anymore. So, so we patients often have the balloon and they feel the balloon for the first couple of weeks and they like that because they've got that restriction uh, mm -hmm. and then they can't feel it anymore mm -hmm. and they worry that the balloon has burst, they worry that they're, they've done something wrong uh, and it gave the perfect signposted answer and it always caveats with if you're not happy with this advice, please contact your team. You know, it's not replacing wow. the team, okay, but it's there. And it's just going to transform. Just another uh, another level of support. There are so yeah. many patients, yeah. and that and that's why and that's why patients reach out to guys like you because there isn't the support there, mm -hmm. so they need support. Yes. Um. And and you know your community that you've created is fantastic, primarily for that. Um. But you know if you have artificial intelligence in your pocket, you're going to ask that. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, if you can get comfortable with it, then why not? Yeah. I think that's the biggest deal yeah. because that is why I, I came up to Kel that Thursday and mm -hmm. asked her if we could do a podcast because I know I was learning so much from her, but I was the veteran in the story mm -hmm. and I felt so alone and embarrassed and no support. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to like create that for other people. Mm -hmm. 
And the fact that now AI has come so far that like you could have that in your pocket for those that we can't reach, for those that need help right away, immediate maybe questions. Maybe they're on social media. Maybe exactly. they listen to podcasts. They don't, they don't want to be a part of that. That gives even them a shot. A shot to a, make this. A really good one. Yeah. This journey the best it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Simon, do you, is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? I mean, I, I could talk for 24 hours about this field because it's, you know, so fascinating. There's so much to talk about. So, um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy if you've got any other questions, just let me know. Oh, awesome. So if you guys have any questions out there that you've thought of during this episode, go ahead and shoot them over to us or even Dr. Monkhouse, and he'd be happy to answer them. That's I'm so right. excited. Yeah. This was a, a hugely eye-opening episode. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for taking your time out from being in Italy um, to record with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm sure if we get enough questions, we can do a round two. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been my absolute pleasure. I've been following you guys for years and I'm, I'm honored to be on your podcast. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. All right. Well, we love you guys and we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review and subscribe on any platform you get your podcasts. And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP for all your support needs. That's right. And we even have our own website. So go over to arslevipodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, get that free ebook, and then don't forget to get your merch. And also we're on YouTube, guys. So type in our name, hit that bell and hit subscribe. And you're going to see our lovely faces every single Tuesday. So thank you for listening to Our Sleep Life Podcast, where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. <laughs>